0: Are you a bride chilla or groom chilla? Spend 30 minutes with Bride Chilla podcast host Alicia, and you will be. So let's get planning.
1: Q and A Thursday. This is what it is. Alicia here. I feel so motivated. I've just been. I've just come home from work. I'm recording this episode for this week. It's Tuesday. When I'm recording this, and uh, I have been listening to some very inspiring podcasts. And it was podcast. International Podcast Day a few weeks ago and uh, it was really lovely being able to get some feedback on some of your favorite podcasts. I put a message out on the old Instagram uh, which I love using as a method of communication, getting some feedback from what you like and I wanted to quickly uh, share some of your suggestions because I know people write to me well, they write to me and say, what do you suggest? And sometimes it's like saying, what's your favorite food? Because there are so many different podcasts that I love. And hosting this wedding planning podcast for two years, I've been in touch with lots of other podcasters. I know the game. I know how hard it can be to produce a show consistently and... And often it can be uh, really time consuming, you don't make too much money. So I know how hard it can be and it's lovely to be able to support other podcasters and be able to share some good vibes, I suppose, about you know what to listen to. And uh, so I wanted to thank everyone for contributing and just to share a couple quickly with you before we kick off on this BrideChiller Q&A Thursday where I answer all of your amazing questions. Some are challenging, some are tough, some are fun. That's in no particular order. I wanted to thank uh, Deidre Deer, who said that, Alicia, you were my very first podcast, and now I listen to so many. Oh, Deirdre. That makes me so happy. I'm happy. Uh, and also, my speech has probably not improved since you first started listening. She said that we uh, she loves listening to She Explores podcast is great as well as Mystery Show and Surprisingly Awesome. Uh, I also love Mystery Show, and I was very interested to read. If you haven't heard Mystery Show, it was one of my favorite uh, favorites that I suggested as well. Staley Klein is an amazing podcaster. She's a storyteller. You would have probably heard her if you were a This American Life listener on that program, but she came out last year with a really entertaining Um, I think it was six episodes, of her solving quite quirky mysteries. And it's really worth the time if you're looking for a great new podcast. Unfortunately, Gimlet, who produced her podcast, um, well, she put out a bit of a message a few weeks ago saying, you know, thanks to everyone asking when season two is. But unfortunately, Gimlet have decided not to support her in producing that. So she's looking for other means. So I really hope that she gets some support financially to produce a second season because it's so... Good. Um, S Burns 21 said, I think you would really appreciate The Cleansed, a post-apocalyptic saga, and The Deep Vault, both post-apocalyptic narratives. If you are new to this show, you will learn very quickly of my obsession with the apocalypse, zombies, and uh, life without humans. Not to be negative. I just think that's really interesting. I love, I love dystopian Uh, novels if you have a suggestion for something like that send it to me because I always love finding new authors writing about the end of civilization (laughs) (laughs) Mm. she hosts a wedding podcast and loves the apocalypse Alicia Uh, also I look I mean look I'm gonna link to your feedback page so you on this post so you can find uh podcasts other people's suggestions I don't want to just read out podcast names because you're like Alicia move on with the show My final suggestion, though, and this is what spurred my uh, enthusiasm to talk about other podcasts, was I was listening to this fabulous um, new show via NPR, who make amazing content. Just amazing. It's called How I Built This. And uh, it's inspiring in so many ways, but they've basically been um, featuring some amazing business people. And I will say that listening to Sarah Blakely, who is the uh, inventor of Spanx, talk about how she came to be in business, building her idea and brand as a solo solo entrepreneur—that is a real word, but I can't say it—was such a kick up the ass of inspiration. And such an entertaining half an hour of my life. I can't recommend it enough. Guy Raz hosts it. It's great. Get on board. Listen. Now, let's talk
2: about some weddings. Hi, Alicia. My name is Tiffany. I am currently living just outside of Dallas um, in Texas. But until three months ago, my fiance and I were living in Detroit. And we will be going back to Detroit for our wedding in December. Um, We're really excited about our venue. We're going to get married at an old historic um, yacht club that's on an island in the Detroit River. We couldn't be happier. Uh, It's going to be December 17th, and they do amazing holiday decorating. And so we really don't have to do a lot except for the tables. And so I've been thinking of really sticking to evergreen and Um, candles. I think that would be beautiful, but the more I look at candles, the more I'm really unsure of whether or not it's it's really a budget way to go. We're going to have about 200 guests, so we'll have a lot of tables, and every time I look up candles for weddings, there's all these more expensive versions that are dripless and smokeless and odorless and all these things, and I'm concerned. I don't know if I really have to go that route, or can we just purchase you know, cheap candles that we find, Um, what's really the worst case scenario besides burning the, the building down if we just go with, you know, some candles in bulk? And I was wondering if you or any of your listeners have had any experience with that and if it's one of those things where you really do need to pay, you know, pay the more expensive price to get the item that was specifically made for special events. Um, any advice you might have on that or any other advice related to seasonal weddings? I'd love to hear more about what folks have done um, in winter climates with weddings in the winter. Um, it's becoming a little more popular, so I see a lot more ideas now online, but uh, still keeping it budget or keeping it, you know, feeling like it's a it's our style. You know, a lot of things look the same right now, so it would be neat to hear maybe what people have done in in the cold months. Um, And other than that, I I know I've had a million questions over the months I've been listening to your podcast, but I finally thought, you know, I'm just going to call and ask about this and see what she has to say. Um, I love your podcast. I do feel like you're my virtual bridesmaid. Um, I feel like I'm closer to you than some of my other bridesmaids right now because you just have such a wonderful way of really feeling like you're a friend giving wonderful advice. Um, and you know, I've been overjoyed finding your podcast, which I really just found by looking up wedding podcasts and I loved the, the logo and everything. It just really attracted me to it. And once I started listening to you, I couldn't stop. So thank you. Um, and if you have any advice, it's much appreciated. Um, thank you so much.
1: Well, Tiffany, that's a bloody lovely thing to receive, a lovely message, and I got all shy. And can you imagine me getting shy? I do get shy. I really do get shy. Uh, Usually, Rich always says, I get shy when we're in a foreign country and someone is asking me a question and I have to admit I don't speak their language. Something about it. I just feel great shame although it's not probably possible to speak all the languages. Tiffany, thank you so much again. It's just lovely to hear that I have been of help to you. And I really, honestly, without being smushy and vommy, I really feel so connected to all of my listeners for the reason you just said. It's a really personal time that we share and that you trust my advice and friendship along the way. And no matter how many people listen to this show and write to me, I feel really connected to each and every one of you. And I know you can just get the vomit bucket out right now. I genuinely mean it. We're about to hit the two-year mark of uh, making this show. We as in I, the royal we. Me and all my team. Hello, 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 hello. There's no one else here. It's really nice to hear that feedback. I appreciate it. Now, to get to your question, uh, candles. I think you've really hit the nail on the head with candles because they can be spenny. They can be really expensive, especially exactly what you said. When you get into the territory of the odorless, the dripless, the uh, ashless, that produce ash, Alicia. you know what I mean? All that stuff. When ultimately, if you were just using candles for decorating, you want to make sure that I think the most important thing is that They are in a secure place. They're not going to knock over and cause some sort of uh, carry style firebomb. Uh, And also that you are able to have candles that are going to last the distance of how long you want them to be. So... I think when you are purchasing candles, it's good to buy reasonable quality. I mean, just like when you go and buy, if you're like me, when you go to a restaurant, you pick the second cheapest wine, not the cheapest because you don't want to be a total tight ass. Maybe, maybe you just pick the cheapest. I often pick the cheapest if we're not near payday. But to be honest, when you're looking, if you're in Michael's or if you're buying online, you know, Amazon, you can buy bloody 50 million different sorts of candles online to be honest, it's really hard to tell uh, the quality of a candle. Now, I think it's ridiculous, and apologies to candle manufacturers, suppliers, and gift shops out there. But Jesus Christ, if you are buying a candle that's forty dollars, you—I just—I was going to say you'd want a hand job or something with the candle to get it not many people talk about hand jobs in wedding podcasts. Just want to acknowledge that. You want some special gift with it because that's crazy. It's a lot of money for a fancy candle. And, you know, if your pockets are heavy with coin and you would like to have some sort of scented $40 millionaires candles all over your venue, well, then good on you. It's pro- this is probably not the podcast for you. And if it is, congrats. Send me some money. So I would say, look... It's hard to decide if they're good quality. I wouldn't go out of the way. If you are filling a room with candles, then I would say go for El Cheapo and just hope for the best. Two things to remember. The first is have a conversation with your venue about using candles. You will be surprised at how many venues go absolutely not. There will be not candles happening on our property. Insurance, fires, problems, people, hairspray near them. I don't know. People with buffons, they might go up. um, Have the conversation before you purchase the candles because returning candles, I don't know, would be annoying. Also, remember that someone's going to have to light them. So (laughs) go around, uh, make sure you buy some of those uber-long lighters and uh, you put someone to work. Maybe you've got a wedding planner, coordinator, whatever. And put someone on candle duty. If you've got a bunch of them, get someone you know who's ready to go and uh, to make sure they can monitor the candles and replace them if need be. I think candles can look really romantic and gorge uh, in the right place, so I fully encourage the candles. But also, just be careful, be safe. The last thing you wanted to know, oh, was about seasonal weddings. I would love feedback from the bride chiller community. I'm going to put up a Facebook post today. If you are in the realm of the Facebook world, please follow. Gosh, we've been having some amazing conversations on Facebook. I love you guys so much. It's like a little hub of geniuses. Um, <laughs> I put up a post this week about wearing someone's had a bitch. It was a guy from Bloody Say Yes to the Dress. Randy, he said in an interview that he thinks women wearing women should wear high heels to the wedding uh, because it doesn't look classy. And I sort of put up this post saying to people, you people, my people, uh, who is wearing a flat or a sensible sneaker, something fun to their wedding. And I was like, there's some really fun answers and people have been posting their shoes. And I'm not saying I love a heel, don't get me wrong. But I think standing in a heel, if you're not used to wearing a heel all day, can be really uncomfortable. So I think it's good to have a second backup shoe. Something that you can change into because, well, I actually kicked off my shoes and I was barefoot, but we were in a private venue and I'm a bogan. If you don't know what a bogan is, well, listen to this show more and you'll get it or Google it. So uh, with seasonal wedding, I'm going to put up a post. I would love your feedback on that. I think winter weddings, we had a winter wedding and it was so cozy. We had a fire in our venue, not out of candles an actual fire, and we had a quite a nice winter menu, so it was sort of warming food. There was lots of red wine. I think you need to really take advantage of the fact that you're getting married in the coziest, loveliest place. It's going to be cold outside. Just make sure that if you've got any outside activities that people are warm and you're not leaving them standing outside for too long. I think little touches, lots of venues have little, I don't know, blankets that you can put over your laps and all that sort of stuff. I just think it's attention to detail and making sure everyone's comfortable and cozy and really playing up on the romantic side of that season. December's fun and there's lots of opportunities to get nice things without spending too much money uh, to really draw attention. That doesn't mean Christmas, I just mean like nice, cozy winter feelings. Oh, I love it. Love, love, love. I thank you so much, Tiffany, for your wonderful correspondence. I wish you all the best in the next couple of months planning, and I'm so happy that you found the show and that you just happened upon it and enjoyed it. I mean, that's just really satisfying for me as a podcast producer. I also wanted to say a very special thank you to Annette, who got married this last weekend, and she sent me a donation, and she sent me a gorgeous message that I'd like to share with you. She says, uh, hey, Alicia. Uh, thank you for your amazing podcast. My husband and I got married last week and we had such a great time celebrating together with our families and friends. Everyone was very relaxed, including ourselves. The wedding turned out just the way we wanted it to be. And that's partly thanks to the tips and inspiration that you give on the podcast. Thank you again. And keep up the great work. Happy days from Germany, Annette. Thank you, Annette, for your very generous donation and that letter of thanks because it's lovely to hear about from bride chillers after they get hitched. Danke. Big time, danke. Hi, Alicia. This is Sarah. I'm calling from the U.S. and
3: Ohio. I've only been listening to your podcast for a few weeks and I already love it. I really appreciate all of the advice you give and I love the humor. So thank you
1: so much. Well, a big warm welcome to you, Sarah. Gosh, you've got a lot of catching up to do. I'm very excited starting this journey together. Very, very happy.
3: I found your podcast by searching wedding on iTunes, which brings me to why I wanted to send you a message. The mere fact that I listen to your podcast has me feeling like I should be in trouble. So the truth is, I'm not engaged. I feel like I just let out a dirty little secret. So someone brought up a few weeks ago about this terrible period called the pre-engagement period. That's what I'm stuck in. Just a little background info. I'm 25. I've been with my boyfriend for 9 years. We have actually lived together for 3 years. And we've had a dog for 2. So all this to say, we're not engaged. When we used to dream about our future, we always said we wouldn't get married until we both knew what we were going to do with our lives. Which meant me because he's currently taking over the family business and always knew that's what he was going to do. I'm about to graduate PA school and enter the world as a physician assistant, if you know what that is. We'll save the riveting explanation for another lengthy novella. But the point is, I thought I would be married by now, and we're not. I know this has a lot to do with the fact that we're broke, or at least living paycheck to paycheck. He pays for almost everything. And I couldn't work for the last three years of school because of being so busy with medical program. When we have talked about all of this, there's no doubt in my mind that we both want to get married. And we would love to do it now. But he just cannot fathom how he could afford a ring or even how he could afford the wedding. So, for now, we're just not married. But for me, being around all of my best friends and all of my classmates who have only been with their partners for two, three, maybe four years and are getting engaged and married before me is starting to eat at me. I know deep down that I'm happy for them, but I cannot help but to feel somewhat jealous and starting to feel annoyed with my boyfriend that we're still here waiting. I just know that I'm supposed to be in the greatest time of my life. Interviewing for real jobs, my first real job. I am graduating next week. But instead, I sit here upset with how things have gone. Listening to wedding podcasts in secret. Looking at wedding boards and saving things for the future under the title of Someday. Daydreaming about engagement rings that could be. I feel like I need someone to snap me out of it. Any advice you have that could keep me focused on the amazing life I do have and happy for my friends will be greatly appreciated.
1: Happy days. Oh, Sarah, I thank you for your message. And I know that there are so many people out there listening who are either currently in the same position as you or have been in the same position as you. And I'm one of them. I don't know if I've said this before, but when Rich and I got together, I had been, you know, I've been in this other relationship, go back to episode one and listen to the story if you haven't heard. And it didn't work out. We canceled a wedding five weeks before. And uh, I'd been single after that for nearly four years, nearly five years. And then I met Rich and I was like, this is my dude. We're going to get hitched. I just know it. And I knew it really quickly. And I was ready. I just, wanted, I just wanted it, <laughs> and I think it was because I'd been let down in the past, and I saw getting engaged as some, something that would really cement this thing, even though in my heart I knew that if we never got married, I would be the happiest woman ever because I was with a guy that made me so enjoy life. And who loves me and respects me and wants the best for both of us? And we work together and we're a team. But there's something about this sort of need to get hitched to make me sort of feel like I'd achieve something. So listening to your message, I put myself right back into the mindset of wanting this commitment, wanting this process, wanting to go through it. And I felt I just relate to it so much. So first of all, Sarah, I don't want to be the person to go, don't worry about it. And and I do want to say don't worry about it because clearly you're in an established, committed relationship. You love each other. You are supporting each other through study, which is so freaking hard, and getting through these times. And life is short. We don't have a lot of time to hang around and get stuff done, which doesn't mean you have to rush in and get married and get everything done. Because trust me, after weddings, you know, you, you, you spend all this time organizing it. And I go on and on about thinking about the future and really – I know a lot of people who are in the heat of wedding planning are like, oh, Alicia, I don't want to hear all that shit. I, don't want, I just want to think about weddings. But really, the fun thing is having all this time together. And also the fun thing is having um, this time where you're at right now and just enjoying it. And I think starting to worry about things like paying for a wedding and paying for a ring and doing all that stuff is 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 a waste of your special your special brain time. Your your cool, your calm time. I think you need to take it one step at a time and really just be in this moment of where you're at in your relationship and it'll happen. I think you need to talk about it. I think if it's really worrying you, I think you need to be able to talk about it and not in a way about when he's proposing, what's going on, what's happening, but I think actually as two human beings discussing the future together Knowing where you stand and talking about your expectations is such a healthy thing. I find this sort of weird patriarchal thing where one person decides that it's time to get married a little strange. I know it's romantic. And I know it's what we've been taught to think over all these years. I'm not removing the romance of a proposal. I'm not trying to say it's wrong and not important. But I also think it's really important for you and for people out there listening just to know what you want. And that's not emasculating for your partner it's not saying that you are trying to tell him what to do and and get that all happening but I think if it's really bugging you and you feel a bit stuck in this system uh in the place that you're at then you should talk about it that is my advice to you I think it's wonderful you're listening gosh you're gonna be the most worded up bride chiller when you do get engaged you're gonna be like bam I got this shit sorted I listen to the bride chiller podcast Alicia's my virtual bridesmaid, bam, I know what I need to do, I'm going to be super cool. My dad is always saying, Alicia, don't wish your bloody life away, don't wish it away, that's what he'd always say when I was either bored at home, God, I can't remember what it's like to be bored, which is a good thing, Uh, or I was just like, I just want to grow up, I just want to get things going, and I think now, when I'm in my 30s, um, that I get into bed at night and go, oh my gosh, life is going so quickly, that's another day gone and sometimes you just got to go just slow it down just slow it down because one day we're not going to be thinking like that and I'm not trying to get all hippy-dippy on you I just think we should sometimes stop and go right this is good we need to appreciate being loved appreciate loving someone and uh, sometimes thinking we got it pretty good there it is not trying to lecture you but that's what I think Sarah you're dreamy and thank you so much for opening up and leaving that message because I know that there are a lot of people that listen that aren't engaged and they're in this sort of frustrating, as you said, pre-engaged stage, which can be one of those things that you feel like will never end. Honestly, and a poor Rich, if he were here right now, he would be saying, oh my God, this bitch gave me so much shtick because I was on television. I was on a morning television show called The Circle in Australia and it sort of became... <laughs> because I'd been literally, not literally left at the altar, but, you know, I'd had this wedding. Gosh, it's really weird, all this. It's very meta, my connection to weddings unwittingly over the years. Um, But because I'd made comedy almost out of my own sort of misery of being dumped those years ago, it became my joke of going, when's Rich going to get the ring on, the finger I want to get married. And we did it on television like it was my thing. So poor Rich not only had it sort of, I think, from family and friends, and Veronica, I think, would have probably, his mum, who you've heard on the show, no doubt, my mother-in-law, who I love, would have been going, what's going on? When is this wedding happening? Uh, He was also getting it on national television regularly. And, uh, you know, and it wasn't me just going, you got to propose, you got to propose, but it was sort of funny. And as a comedian, when you find something that's funny and it makes it work, And maybe it was a bit cliche thinking back on it. You know, I put the pressure on. So the poor guy, poor, poor guy. He's doing fine now though. He's married to me. So he's going all right.
0: (laughs) What an asshole. All right, next question. Hey, my name is Molly and I'm from South Mississippi in the United States. I listen to the podcast while getting ready and when I'm walking in class and pretty much all the time because I just love it and my – Fiance is probably totally tired of hearing it by now, but I don't really care. Molly, I love your accent. Please, can
1: I have it? I know everyone talks about my accent. It's not that special. I'm just a, just an Australian. Still, my business. But Molly, your Mississippi accent, mm, I love
0: it. Gosh, a southern accent really floats my boat. I'm getting married on July 15th, but I'm already having some bridesmaids issues. First, I have a bridesmaid who's decided that she's not going to be making able to make it on the bachelorette trip. I've been talking about the bachelorette trip for about a month now, and she decided she'd rather go to Mexico with another group of her friends. However, the only reason I know any of this is because my matron of honor told me. She hasn't talked to me about anything. She told my matron of honor that she had already paid her money for Mexico and that she had didn't know anything about the bachelorette trip until after the fact, and she was super sorry. But I know for a fact that she knew about my trip first, and I know she hasn't already paid her money. I know I probably sound really petty about the whole thing, but my feelings are just really hurt. Am I being crazy for being so upset? It's been about a week now, and she still hasn't said anything to me. Should I say something to her, or should I just let her come to me? She's the type of person that if I say something to her, she would make my life really difficult from here on out. And I just really don't know if I want to deal with that. I'm just in desperate need of some unbiased help.
1: Okay, here it is, Molly. I'm going to give it to you straight. I think you should say something. I don't think, even though you said she's going to make your life hell, this is your wedding. She's agreed to be a part of it. And I think it's fine for people to have other plans if the plans have been made, but also... If there's shady shit going on where she's telling other bridesmaids and not telling you and all this stuff going around, I think you just call them on it. And it doesn't have to be a bitchy, you know, mean girl sort of thing. I think you should just be able to say, listen, I've heard that this is happening and I'm my feelings are a little bit hurt. And I'd really like to be able to have a talk with you to discuss this and just figure out where we stand. It's cool if you don't want to come, just say it's cool and just let her talk. And then have the conversation. Because I think some people, like your friend, who sounds like she might have a bit of a hissy fit if she's caught out, and you know it's a bit of a shit show, that if they are put on the spot in a non-aggressive way, and I'm going to say, like Dr. Lindsay Beer says to us, you could maybe use her amazing technique of going, I am worried that you aren't communicating very well with me. And I'm wondering why you wouldn't tell me about it and sort of saying, I hope that we can come to some sort of conclusion that will work for both of us because you're my bridesmaid and I love you and I care about you and I really want you to be there because that's sort of what it's all about. You would really be surprised at how successful having a calm, rational conversation with someone who is not expecting to be confronted can work to your advantage. So many problems. And I'm just saying this now. My lovely friend at work. Uh I'm not gonna name him. But uh let's call him James. Uh couldn't think of a name. That's ridiculous. Has been having problems with a bitchy friend and he was saying, I don't really want to call them on it because they're gonna make my life hell. And I'm like, look, people are controlling it's not we're not in some sort of uh, you know, totalitarian society here. If this person's your friend then you should be able to have a discussion. And if they're not willing to have a discussion with you and listen to your opinion and hear that they've hurt your feelings, then I question what you're getting out of this relationship. So many of us keep relationships around because it's convenient or because we've known them for 20 years, or we're worried that, that we don't want to have a, an upset upsetting sort of situation with them, so we just let it go. It can be really full on going through that. But also, trust me, that when you actually raise an issue, it can a weight can really lift and you can feel a sort of free from it. So Molly, I would like to really challenge you to talk with your friend and say, and not to put your other friend in the shit by saying she told me, but just to say, I'm now aware that I think you're going on another trip and I feel really hurt that this isn't something you felt that you could approach me with. And I wonder why... That, you know, what, what the deal is about not coming to, to my bachelorette because we're really wanting you there. You're a part of the wedding party and we had hoped that you'd want to celebrate with us. A little bit of guilt on top doesn't hurt.
0: My second question is, I'm getting married in a, in my um, my home church and I'm having the reception there as well. And they're really not okay with the booze. I have bridesmaids, however, that are determined to sneak in a flask and still try to drink, even though my family and my church would really not be comfortable with that. Don't get me wrong. I love some champs. Love you, girl. But can't they just enjoy the day without alcohol? The wedding starts at 3, and it'll probably be over by 6. That's not a lot of time, and you can totally go out after the fact. That would be great. But just not during the wedding? Can we not have alcohol? My wedding isn't until July, but I know this issue will come up again. How do I handle it without sounding, you know, kind of bitchy? Well, I love the podcast so so much and I really hope you can help me be a bride chilla about these problems. Thanks Alicia. Bye. Can we all just vote that Molly is already a bride chilla because she's been calm and
1: sensitive? and thoughtful. And that's really when we look at what being a bride chiller is, it's about being a really nice person, a good person and being mindful of other people while also saying, I would like to just have this one day where you don't shit me off trying to bring booze into my church. Don't do it. I think it's unreasonable for them to be saying we're going to be scooting in a flask. I mean, get a life. sir. first of all, as you said, they can go on and get hammered, or have a couple of sips of something at a later date. There is no reason why they need to be ripped at your wedding. And I find it really rude, and I find it... Uh, well, just not very respectful of your wants and needs. And as you said, you have this great location. It's your family church. It's your local church. It's somewhere they've asked you to not bring alcohol onto the premises. And I think they need to respect that. It really surprises me how arsey people get arsey. Gosh, I'm really pulling out the Australianisms today. How, you know, forward people are with saying, I'm not going to do what you said. Thanks for your opinion, but I'm not going to do that. And you're like, actually... I really would like you to do this because at this stage I've been quite polite in asking you not to say you're going to sneak in booze and create a bit of a problem and um, just do it. Just do it. If they want to have a drink beforehand, fine. You could have some champagne while you're getting ready. I don't know if that's something you want to do, but maybe you could find a compromise with that, have a bit of a toast. But I really think that people should just pack up their forwardness and opinions with this sort of stuff. And maybe that's about you, like we were saying with your other friend, just saying, actually, could we all just agree this is how it's going to be? I'm not being a bitch. I just feel really uncomfortable with the fact that you're going to be potentially sneaking in booze. This means a lot to me. This location means a lot to me. Can we just go with it? Be upfront, be forward, be polite, be smiley. But but be serious. I think Bridezilla stuff is all about being confident with what you want and not screaming (laughs) because we've all seen that Bridezilla TV show and none of us are like that. Mm. Gee, I hope that was helpful. And if not, you tell me, Molly. If not, if if you don't agree with what I have to say, that sounded defensive. If you don't agree with what I have to say, that's not what I mean. I love hearing differences of opinions. I would love when you leave me voice messages and you say, I think you misinterpreted that question or I have another angle gosh I love that so much I think it's a very lovely community where we all feel comfortable and uh, confident in being able to share our opinions and different viewpoints because that's what makes it a really magic supportive place there it is thank you so much everyone who contributed to today's show gee it's been a beauty I've enjoyed this I feel like it's gone really quickly Know out for you maybe you're like oh god wind this shit up would you thank you for your your support and very positive feedback that came with the announcement uh via last week's podcast and also my newsletter if you're not on it why uh where i said that we're doing an app the bride chiller app which basically is a uh, a private application where you can put on your iphone or android both of them we're producing and it's the entire back catalog and it will be a subscription based service where you will get the new episodes for free, but you pay a very small fee to access the old content. So that is very exciting. And I actually asked for feedback about the name of this app whether we should just call it Bride Chiller Premium. We also came up with this idea about a VIB, a very important Bride Chiller, or if we just call it the Bride Chiller app. Whatevs. I loved your feedback and I'd love more. So if you have a funny name, If you have something serious even, uh, if you have an opinion about naming it, whatever, I want to hear from you and really value um, your feedback. There it is. Thank you so much again for all your support, love, hugs, iTunes reviews. There've been some fabulous iTunes reviews lately. Gosh, we enjoy it. I read them to Rich. I make him listen to every single one of them. It's probably another one right now. Make sure you turn your phone off when you record a podcast. That's my song to end the show. Until Monday's episode, of, oh look, this is a this is a joy because I've got the wonderful budget savvy bride Jess is on to talk about budgeting and loans. So many people and so many banks are now marketing wedding loans, which make me feel very uneasy and uh, also a little dirty. So she's on. She's got great budget tips and she's always a pleasure. Gosh, I love her. She's fabulous. Until Monday's episode, thank you so much and happy
2: days.